let's take a couple of WhatsApp voice notes, one or two voice notes, and then we're going to move on to our next conversation that will be looking at um, localization. Will it lead to greater industrialization? Our next guest doesn't think so. We'll find out why. Good morning, uh, Katie. And also, uh, good morning to Mr. Mr. Tikok. Um, I am a security guard, uh, a trained security guard and registered. Yes, um, I am um, happy that our, our contribution uh, to the uh, uh, safety uh, environment is, is uh, actually uh, known. But in, in this industry, there is a lot also of for exploitation. We are not getting paid accordingly. And what does Mr. Tikok say about it? Good morning, Kathy and the SAFM listeners. What an interesting topic pertaining to policing in our country and as well as the stats. Uh, this is a clear indication that crime is uh, rapidly increasing and escalating. People are calling under the rated to resign as a result of ESCOM not delivering. Uh, I also think it's high time we hold Pekitele uh, accountable for the high levels of crime and the corruption within the police uh, system in this country. Uh, there's also another thing. I think it's time South Africa considers privatizing policing uh, on, and outsourcing policing because of its biasness and uh, we only see certain people get arrested but the law doesn't apply to politicians people with money and people with uh, power in this country anonymous here from johannesburg thank you all right thanks for those whatsapp voice notes i'll certainly play more on a range of other issues that you're still commenting on as the show continues let me welcome Anne Bernstein, who is the head of the Center for Development and Enterprise. We're talking about the focus again on localization. That's part of uh, South Africa's message, at least to the rest of the continent at the Inter-Africa Trade Fair. Anne, good morning to you. Thanks for your time today. Hi, Cathy. Great to be with you as always. Not surprising to hear that uh, the message from Team South Africa seems very much to still be about localizing uh, at least the production of various uh, products that could be exported, sold to, uh, to different markets on the continent. Let's talk about whether or not this is going to lead to the kind of industrialization um, that, that we would like to see, or at least that government would like to see, I, would, I should say, rather. Kathy, this is a, a seductive idea. It sounds so obvious that in a country with so much unemployment, we should try and protect local firms from imports and protect jobs. The problem is that the advantages of this are always exaggerated in our view, and mm -hmm. the costs are totally underestimated. What happens if you force localization. In other words, you say to government agencies they must procure domestic products. Mm. You wouldn't have to do this if the domestic product was as good as a foreign one or as cheap. So you're getting, you're raising costs for government agencies 
and you are probably getting an inferior product or you're possibly getting an inferior product. So the one issue is it raises costs, but not just for the government agency, it's for all of us. For Think of Transnet. They need to deal with sort of rail transport. Now, they have to get rail tracks from local manufacturers, but the problem is there aren't any. Um, and they can't get spare parts for locomotives that are lying idle because there are no domestic manufacturers. Mm. So all of this is delays. It imposes huge costs on industry. And when you and I take a train, the costs are passed on to us. So it's not – the costs are diffused throughout the economy. So that's one really big problem, and it's not talked about. So, so, and just before you move on to the next point, when we look at sectors, would we have varying results if we if 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 we were applying this to various sectors? So, um, if we're talking, let's say, the textiles industry, which is dying uh, an absolutely horrific death in the country, would a move that says let's procure from the local textile industry, would something like that not reignite that industry from its complete death? Well, that's an important question, and it's one of our examples, for example. So you have to ask yourself, does protection from imports ever work? And there's no doubt that some firms will benefit, but not all firms and not consumers. So take the clothing industry. Government support here has definitely helped some firms become more productive and claim a greater share of the domestic market. But those firms operate behind very high tariff protection. So it's not true that they become more competitive generally. In fact, production in the clothing industry has been shrinking all the time. And even when supported firms have done well, it's often at the expense of other domestic firms' market share. So it's not even obvious that there's a net benefit for South Africa as a whole. So let me stress, they're firms that will benefit from localization policies. And they generally, the bigger firms, the more sophisticated firms. But in our view, this, will, this is not what South Africa needs. We need to have a much more open domestic economy so that new firms, mainly new black firms, can come in and find their place. And the whole approach of protection and reducing imports ends up sort of reducing competition in the domestic industry as well as our global competitiveness. Mm. How else do we build up then the local market? What, what are the ideas that you have? So, so I hear you on the need to uh, maybe not restrict exports, but ultimately I think the goal of government here is to increase the products, the different kind of products that can be produced or manufactured locally. How do we do that? Absolutely. We all want the economy to get much bigger. We need at least 4 to 5% growth per year to deal with our massive unemployment problem. In our view, you've got to improve the environment for domestic firms and for exporting. So take, for instance, 
the electricity situation, which affects businesses dramatically and raises costs for everybody. Think about rail. Think about our ports. Think about most of the public sector services that businesses desperately need that are either very expensive and very badly provided. Now, we, we have to fix that environment to help companies expand and want to invest here and to be better at exporting. We have to fix our skills system, our education and skills system. We failed to build a skilled workforce over the last 40, 50 years. We have to fix that. That would make us a better place in which to do business. We have to fix our labor market rules. So not all of them. We have to change some carefully chosen parts of our labor market rules so as to make this economy much more labor intensive. So there are lots and lots of things that we we should be doing in order to grow the economy. And the president has talked about some of these. He wants to ease the costs of doing business in South Africa. He wants to make this a more competitive economy. He wants to attract investment in South Africa. And the Reserve Bank is tasked with with dealing with moderating inflation. Now, all of these ambitions are undermined by the costs and impact of the localization strategy. The localization strategy has been a big card for government. One just has to look at even part of what we saw under COVID-19, where, of course, a lot of exports ground to a halt as as the, the world shut down its doors effectively. And we then were faced in a situation where we realized the extent to which um, it is important that at least in some sectors, there is enough growth that can drive those industries without being fully reliant on, on exports. What is going to get us there if not a push for localization? Well, we did push for localization on PPE during COVID. The government has not given us evidence that we were able to produce equivalent products at the same price as imported products. I'm Mm. not saying we didn't. I'm just saying we have seen no evidence of this. Now, globally, there, there is a discussion going on about how do countries prepare for the next epidemic? Do we have two sort of stretched out supply chains across the world that that are are vulnerable? And that's a legitimate discussion to have. I suspect that we're going to go back to more or less where we were before with with countries importing all sorts of goods that they can't make at home. Now, if we become a bigger economy, we will be making more and more goods, but we must choose what we can make so that we're an efficient economy. So there might be a case to support vaccine production in South Africa, but you have to make that case. You have to not just assume, gee, wouldn't it be nice if the next time we were able to produce vaccines? You have to say, what would be the costs of this? Mm. What would be required? What could we do with that money if we weren't spending it on domestic production of vaccines, but we were getting it from somewhere else? So I I think what we're saying is the case for localization is not proven. And there are enormous costs in addition to what 
you and I have mentioned. So imagine we just recently added cement to this uh, list of products that governments must buy domestically. One of the provinces, the Western Cape, has immediately said, no, this is going to put up our costs. It will put up costs. We can build less infrastructure. Mm. Often South Africa doesn't make all the products that we need. Take pumps. These come in all sorts of sizes and shapes and tolerances and all sorts of things. If you have to buy that domestically, you might have to redesign your power station. So there are lots and lots of costs that we never talk about when we we get seduced by localization. And in fact, we think a much stronger priority is to grow this economy and make it more capable of exporting. Would those costs not be applicable at least um, in the majority at the start phase, if I can put it that that way, yes. of the bulk of these projects, but that in the long run um, there would perhaps be some more competition, and that of course it would 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 affect the kind of prices that w- we would see in those industries once they have been given the opportunity to be built up. Well, that's the argument. It's the Mm. infant industry argument. We protect them, help them build up, and then they become competitive. It sometimes can work, but it generally doesn't. There's no doubt that Sassel and Iscor, now ArcelorMittal, are part of South Africa's industrialization, and they were protected many decades ago. But it's not like they produce great service today. It's not like they've made other companies more competitive today. And we need to be very careful about that argument. I'm not saying you couldn't do it in one or two places, but that's a big gamble. Uh, It's not working in clothing. And in most countries around the world, it's been very difficult to achieve. What happens is you get less competition between the protected firms, say the cement producers. There's Mm. going to be less competition. And... They probably will consolidate and eat up some other firms, will have fewer cement producers. And what is the incentive to them to actually innovate and reduce the cost of their their products if there's no competition from outside? So competition is very important. It gives domestic firms the incentive to innovate and reduce costs and become, uh, you know, try and become world beaters. But if you protect them, they build into their cost structures, the subsidies or protection they're getting, and then it gets really hard okay. to become globally competitive. And I'm going to ask you to hold on. I've got Bindo, who's uh, calling us uh, from Rudderboard. Bindo, uh, please try and keep it as short as possible for me. Go for it. I think it's quite uh, appalling that your guest would say uh, it wouldn't work uh, for the localization just out of speculation only. I mean, even every industry that's been successful from where they are, there has been uh, an investment directly from their particular government in trying to promote uh, localization. And now if South Africa does the same, then that means in the long run it's going to stabilize our own economy. So it's quite a bit far-fetched for her to be dismissive of the idea altogether. I just cannot understand how exactly does she come to that particular conclusion? Thank you.
All right. Uh, thanks for that call, Bindo. And do you want to respond to that? Well, Bindo, it's an important question. I strongly suggest you read our documents. There's an article in today's business day that I wrote. There, there's a document and an executive summary making our case on our website, which is the Center for Development and Enterprise. And you can go there and read the document and see why we're arguing that the costs of localization are going to make this economy probably smaller and less competitive and create less jobs than if we were to fix the environment for business generally and look at our capabilities for exporting. Mm. All right. And let's leave it there for this morning. Anne Bernstein is the head of the Center for Development and Enterprise. And uh, yeah, they do have a full report on this.